Yeah, I was I was like I was like the 49ers suck ass anyways. <laughs> no, you no you suck ass. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a good episode. I'm feeling it. The San the San the San Francisco ass suckers kind of makes sense when you think about it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lace him up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. You got my vote. Number one man. Greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise player. We in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome back to End of Regulation, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast where we provide you, the listener, with a full rundown on sports and entertainment. Sifting through the bullshit to funnel you the coverage you want, need, and deserve. Oh, did I mention we've been putting money in motherfuckers' pockets for 26 weeks long now? The crew's back in the stew to cover a sensory overload that took place over the last seven days, so let's go ahead and introduce them. A man with only nine toes, Brent Jernigan. How we doing, kid? <laughs> I knew that one was going to be for me. I, I knew that shit. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, good, bro. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've got ten toes. Uh, next on the mic... Started his own candle company out on the West Coast. Mr. Harrison Grimes, how we doing? Uh, we're doing well, boys. Candles are candles are coming along nicely. A lot of sunken costs, but we're good to go. Let's talk some, uh, <laughs> let's talk some ball today. It's made out of earwax. It is made out of earwax. That's true. That's the secret. That's the secret that we don't tell anyone, though. <laughs> this kid used to be a semi-professional boogie boarder up in Massachusetts, <laughs> getting pitted every single weekend. Up in not up in Nosset. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing, kid? Oh, it's uh those were the glory days. We go out the point, we just you know, crush waves all morning, chill out, <laughs> do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's Idiot. fucking now it's, you can, it's shark you, infested right. up there. You can tell Tom's the never been in the ocean before. Yeah, I've actually I've never swim. been boarded in my entire life. No. Well, now that you've met everyone. I want to make sure that you go ahead and follow us on social media. We're on all three platforms, that being Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Look up End of Regulation Sports. Find us there. We'll keep you posted on everything. Let's go over tonight's agenda, give you guys a rundown of what we're going to be talking about, give you a little bit of the tour championship. El Tigre finally fucking did it. We'll cover all the specs. NFL Week 3 Rundown. Give you our little segment of beating the bookie as per usual. We'll talk a little ML by some awards that were handed out, uh, and college football as well. Give you a little summary on everything that is in Alabama, and uh, wrap that up with some banner and buzzer beaters. So, with that being said, let's just kick it right off. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Harry? Finally, it finally fucking happened. Five years uh, in the making of Tiger's comeback since his last uh, tour win. Finally pulled it off, man, in pretty convincing fashion. Um, I've never seen, like, him walking down 18. Everybody saw this video of him walking down 18 with that massive mob behind him and him kind of just, like, walking amongst amongst the crowd. One of the cooler things I've seen in, in, a, in a long time that, you know, especially in golf but really in sports in general, um, it, it was, it I was surreal. I, I Like, I equated that, that crowd to the scene in, like, Happy Gilmore. Like, I've never seen that in golf. 
At least it literally looked. I thought it was a preview for like Happy Gilmore it, when I was watching TV. Was it looks like Arnie's Army, you know, like back in the day. Like yeah. that's what you see pictures of from back in the old days. It's just amazing that this guy went through like hell and back, did like all sorts of bad shit, was being pretty much slandered by everyone and everyone about like you know how shitty of a guy is and all that. And fast forward to 2018 Tour Championship, and or even like even beginning of this year when he started actually playing in tournaments. And everybody loves this guy. He it just he brings such a different level to the game of golf. Like you know, between viewership and and the crowds at the and the rowdiness of the crowds at these tournaments, man, it's it's something else. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked Dude. for him. It sucks he didn't win the FedEx Cup, and no one expected him to really win that, anyways. Uh, it only became a really big possibility when there was like a couple holes left, and and you know Justin Rose had a bogey to get into tie for seventh, and. Tiger winning at that point would have made him the FedEx Cup champion. I don't think that there's um, another professional sports uh, player out there that has as massive a cult following as as Tiger Woods does. And like a, and in like a nutty demographic, it goes cult following. It's like you right. know, even my grandmother's a diehard, you know, and it goes all the way down exactly. to like my little brothers who are who are rooting for Tiger. It's crazy. It's basically just. There, golf only has one player that that draws everyone on board, and it's Tiger Woods. And no, yeah, no other sport has that. That's for sure. Um, the NBA could be carried by like anybody or any group of people at any given time, but obviously, it's been proven through the rankings and everything that that Tiger is the needle when it comes to golf. Like Harry said, it was crazy to see the scene walking up the fairway, the noise um, on the you know pretty much the entire day um everyone who was hitting tiger and then you know rose and his group um it was crazy just the amount of noise that they have to play in you never realize how loud it is and like how distracted they should be uh tiger just coasted like harry said he cruised a one over victory he it was never really out of sight everyone else was moving backwards all day but him and uh billy horschel who was well down the leaderboard to start the day like went low at four under and and sort of made it a race at the end but it was never out of reach uh tiger pretty much dominated all weekend i hope someone listened to me last week when i said take tiger at 20 to 1 uh it was just a mortal lock that that it was all going to happen this way you know to close out the season sort of put a bow on his his nice little year and uh send everyone home happy plus you know now we get to celebrate and watch all the guys who were like stoked we have an awesome fucking team for the Ryder Cup this year all the guys hopped on a plane to France like right after the tour championship uh Tiger Phil the old guys you know and then the young crop of dudes um Europe has a good team and already after that we just look forward all off season long to April and the Masters where Tiger mm-hmm. is already uh the betting favorite to win at 9 to 1 so uh, never been a better time well at least in the last five to seven years there has not been a better time to be a golf fan or just a fucking sports fan in general tiger woods is back and so is golf so is the next the next big tournament to really honestly look forward to is in april masters uh i would the Ryder cup really next is this weekend well uh, i mean yeah, obviously yeah but with, the next major the Ryder right. cup Ryder cup excluded yeah yeah, yeah. Past the Ryder Cup, yes, it would be the the main draw for the public. With that being said, just to play devil's advocate and for the sake of discussion, like having seen the momentum the Tigers had all season and finally getting it done here at the end uh, this weekend, um, now with the off season, obviously he has the Ryder Cup. But with this long off season coming in, do you think that's going to be kind of detrimental to his performance, uh, kind of having to take off some time, or do you think it's? I just- think Tiger. 
is the opposite. Uh, I think a long time ago we talked about this. Um, I can't even remember. Maybe at the I can't remember the first tournament he got really close. But uh, Harry and I both touched on. He is a shark, dude. And once there was blood in the water, like once he had that, you know, taste of just like, man, I almost got that win. Every tournament since then, he was close to winning. Now he finally did win. And I think he's just rock hard. You know, he's going to be just sitting there all off season, salivating over that feeling again. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's no one knows how to take it to the next level. Like Tiger, assuming his body holds up, I think he's going to be an extremely dangerous man come next spring. Um, if it were anyone else, I would think maybe it would it would set them back. But I, he's he's just hungry, and he's only going to get. With that uh, health comment being said, wh- what do you think is like peak expectation for him? Like, do you think he's got another two to three years in him, or is he kind of looking for probably a Masters win and then ready to hang him up? Um... No, I mean looking at his body, it's it's just his just his back, you know. But like assuming his back holds up he's fit enough to go another five to eight years yeah i was gonna you look you look at him man he's more fit than than anybody on tour and the guy it's you know, crazy and he's, for, he's for, 42 right. yeah yeah he's 42 i think I, I think shakes is right i think he's got another let's say let's say five years that's probably a pretty realistic amount before you know at that point he'll probably start playing in like a couple tournaments a year you know, maybe I'm I mean, playing the feel, majors. Feels like forty. Feels like forty-seven. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been competitive. He you know he won a British four years ago or so, and uh, he's also been in a few tournaments every year since. He's in a dry spell now, but Tiger can keep it up there. Well, I'm glad that he was finally able to get it done. I don't need. I don't mean to seem like a pessimist. Just interested to kind of hear your guys' take. Um, also interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are with this Riders Cup coming up. <clears throat> You gotta love the U.S., uh, right? Yeah, I mean, go, uh, go obviously, but, but, but I just mean just in general with the with the course, the team, I, what yeah. you're expecting, excited to see that kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's a couple guys on the U.S. team, especially that uh, I, I've never been fans of. Um, you know, look at Patrick Reed and, and Bryson DeChambeau, but DeChambeau is playing really well, so DeChambeau. so he's going to be a tough guy to go against. Patrick Reed is is really you know really good at golf. There's no denying that. Um, so I think the U.S. team is like from top to bottom is really stacked, and the Europe team they're good. They got some good. They have definitely good good players. The thing that I look to is is that stat of the U.S. not having won in Europe since 1993. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot there's probably a lot of pressure on the U.S. to finally break that that streak. So we'll see how it goes, man. I, I think Tiger winning is perfect timing. This Ryder Cup is probably going to be watched more than any Ryder Cup in the past. You know view i i you know, obviously don't like the, the viewership stats in front of me but i think the timing of it is perfect for golf this 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 rider cup is going to be you know watched far and wide amazing any last thoughts on that boys <clears throat> no that, that pretty much nails it go yeah usa usa yeah. usa <laughs> america fuck yeah <laughs> all righty well that is a uh, awesome actually way to segue right into the nfl uh, if anything stands for America more, it's the NFL. So we're going to give you guys the week three rundown. Um, we'll kind of talk a little bit about winners and losers, uh, uh, give you our bed, uh, beating the bookie, I should say, segment, um, and a little bit of insight on, on our thoughts. So we'll go ahead and kick right into it uh, with kind of who we thought were winners coming out of this weekend. Um, you guys want to kick it off? 
Yeah. Um, first off, in terms of winners for this for this week and so far this season, you got to look at the the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, they look like they've got a pretty a pretty good hold on the NFC West at this point in the season. They just look like the far and away the best team uh, in that division. You know, you look at Jimmy G goes down with his torn ACL, um, so that that, that puts uh, whoever that quarterback is. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, who played last year? C.J. Beathard. Beathard. C.J. Beathard uh, as a quarterback in, in San Francisco, and so and so they're going to be a very. They were an average team to begin with, but um, you know the Rams. In my opinion, man, the Rams look like the most complete team in the NFL. Like I'm talking about the entire NFL, not just the NFC West. Uh, offense and defensively they're they're very solid um you know i i think that they're looking right now to be kind of the team to beat at least in the nfc but i i like their odds going into uh you know as a super bowl contender uh yeah i mean so far they're giving up like uh only 12 points a game they're scoring 30 points a game they have a, a freaking you know bevy of weapons um speaking of winners i cannot believe uh that the goddamn Miami Dolphins are three and zero, sitting atop the AFC East. Um, hopefully, you know they're bound for New England this weekend. Which Tom, who knows when the last time they won at New England was? Uh, hopefully, it's not this weekend. Down goes Tannehill. Uh, they're three and zero at the moment. My Titans' only loss is to them, so I feel pretty good about that. Also, a funny little stat, if I'm not mistaken, is somehow Tannehill leads the team uh, with 26 yards rushing. Am I wrong on that? <laughs> that's that's what they said. Or was that just last game? Uh, I believe that was the last game. Yeah, it was It was last game. Okay. Pitiful rushing performance by the Dolphins. That's a fucking pull out a W. That's really brutal. Yeah, right. That's just a testament to how fucking bad the Oakland Raiders are this year. Uh, 0-3 Oakland, Oakland, Oakland Raiders. Uh, in terms of winners for this week, uh, we've got Calvin Ridley. Um, so despite the Falcons' loss uh, against the Saints, uh, their 43-37 to uh, 37 loss, um, he's seemingly becoming an emerging rookie uh, within the league. I believe he's coming out of Alabama. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He finished, he finished the weekend with three touchdowns and 146 yards. Um, the last time this was done was in 2014. Do you guys know who it was done by? Odell Beckham. Bingo. By a, a rookie? Bingo. It was OBJ. Yes, it was um, yeah, so, by a rookie. Uh, OBJ. Just, just interesting to think about. 2014, here we are in 2018. Um, so he clearly has made somewhat of an impact uh, and, and sparked some people's interest definitely on fantasy. I'll tell you that much. I mean, the thing everyone is talking about with Ridley, number one, in the first game of the season, I think he had either zero or only one catch. Uh, one catch. Um yeah, he had a rough first game. Horrible first game. Everyone was talking, you know, like maybe he was about to be an immediate bust. Then he burst on the scene in second in game two. He had two touchdowns, and now he followed that up with a three-touchdown performance and almost 150 yards in the third game. Um, and, of course, everyone's talking about how last year Julio only scored a, to- a total of three touchdowns as it was. Um, so, yeah, obviously Ridley is providing a huge boost to this Falcons offense. They did not get it done versus the Saints. But uh, – Pick him up if you do not have him on your team. If he's sitting around, uh, get Calvin Ridley. Play a- a- ASAP. <laughs> and, and, bef- and before we move on, I want to make a quick point regarding this game. A, it was the game of the week, hands down. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to, you know, 
one of the best quarterbacks of, of our generation or, or probably in NFL history, Drew Brees, man. He put the team on his back to get that W. Uh, rushing touchdown, rushing touchdown to get to tie it up at 37, and then another rushing touchdown to win the game in overtime. I mean, un- over the line. unbelievable, man. That guy, that guy is is something else for a guy who's like you know as short as he is, and and in the beginning of his career was was kind of uh, just not seen as a legitimate quarterback prospect. That that guy is is he's you know he's found the fountain of youth or something, man. He's unbelievable, amazing. Yeah, he also amazing. seems like a guy I would most definitely want to crack open a bush light with. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I would make bush <laughs> with that guy, him and Brett Favre. I bet they're awesome. <laughs> wow, that would be quite the dinner party, Brett. Fa- Brett Favre. Wow, I like that. Good stuff. <laughs> well, uh, let's just roll right into losers. Tom, I'll let you take this. Oh yeah, hey guys, I'm still here. I'll, uh, I guess I'll start us off with the biggest losers of the weekend, and that would be the New England Patriots. My Patriots. Uh, I said this to you guys earlier, and on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm normally like a 1 right now because September is never really our month. We're figuring shit out. I'm at like a a 4.5 right now, and that's pretty fucking high for week 4. Honestly, our defense looks horrible. We we allowed the first 100-yard rushing game by Detroit Lions running back in 5 years in Carrion Johnson, so... Like I said in our uh, our running back preview episode, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be the guy. But uh, honestly, we really just need to get Edelman back on offense. And that's sort of our biggest issue right now is our other weapons, aside from Gronk, are non-existent. Like James White's a tiny little <laughs> pussy. Philip Dorsett stinks. Cordero Patterson stinks. Yeah, he's, he's bad. There's reasons that these guys just... There's reasons that they just fell to us. Like, Cordero Patterson's a great... Special teams guy. He's not a wide receiver. He, like everyone's blaming Brady, but the fact is, like Brady just doesn't gel with these guys. And when teams are double teaming and triple teaming Gronk, there's like really not much we can do. And like as a result, we scored fucking ten points against one of the shittiest defenses in the league, in the Detroit Lions. But uh, I'm not worried yet. Wait till Josh Gordon actually sees the field. Wait till we get Edelman back. Find me in week six. I bet we're, I don't know, five and three, or I guess four and two at that point. We'll Was be Edelman a four or six. six game? Four game. So he's got one more week. We gotta, we gotta sit, or I guess just grind this one out against Miami. Hopefully Josh Gordon will play. But if not, then we got Kansas City coming up in a couple weeks. We're definitely gonna need both of them for that game. And you know, you bring in Patrick Mahomes to New England against Brady with Gronk, Edelman, and Josh Gordon, we could be tuned in for a hell of a regular season game. Well, I got a loser for you guys, and it's the fucking Minnesota Vikings. Um, after looking like one of the most – yeah, after looking like one of the most dominant teams in the entire league um, in the first two games, they came out against the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills, laid an absolute turd um, – the Bills had scored fucking no points uh, in their first two games, and they had given up like a total of fucking 60. Um, amazing that the Vikings came out and laid one like they did in their home stadium. Uh, they lost 27-6. to uh, The last 17-point underdog to win a game on the road was in 1992. That's how big a deal this was. Josh Allen looked like fucking Superman out there. Uh, his play for the first down where he leapt over the defender 
Um, I'm sure that the coach gave him yeah, a little... Yeah, that hurdle was sick. Yeah, I'm sure the coach gave him a little talking to after that one. Like, please, Nathan Peterman is retarded. We cannot <laughs> have you getting hurt. Um, don't do that. Um, and then, uh, so he ended up... Uh, he, he threw for only, like, 200 yards, but he had a touchdown, and his quarterback rating was, like, 111. So um, he was pretty efficient. They got the job done. They got the W. That's a good sign for, you know, your first-round draft pick. And to go with 245 yards passing last week, uh, he's not looking so bad. So Josh Allen, right now I'm giving him uh, contender status. Um, nice. As far as Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, get your shit together uh, yeah. this week. Kirk Cousins, because I know that you listen to us every week. Fuck you, man. You bent me over and screwed me in fantasy <laughs> this week. I got to tell you that Same. much. You like that? You like that? <laughs> Um, well, we can kind of transition straight into injuries slash our last loser of the week, which is the San, Fr- uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, as you guys probably all very well know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has torn his ACL. Um, so he's got a plethora of time uh, to be with porn stars. So two thumbs up to that guy. Uh, super unfortunate. You know, hope he heals up quickly. Uh, Godspeed, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, you know it's really good for ACL tears. <laughs> <laughs> if if porn stars lick your butthole, so uh, Jimmy G has he's gonna be just fine. Uh, oh, good, great, grand. Uh, I hope there's a healthy dose of that in his rehab assignment. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, in terms of other injuries for this week uh, that we've kind of highlighted, in addition to uh, Jimmy G and his ACL. Um, other things to be concerned about, Evan Ingram, New York Giants, with a, I believe, a potential MCL sprain, or is that confirmed, Harrison? Uh, yeah, just an MCL sprain. He is going to be kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week uh, status going forward. It's obviously something you don't want to mess around with, so wouldn't be surprised if he sat out this week. Um, but luckily, it's not a tear, so, you know, it's it's going to be a short, it's a short-term injury. Yep. Um, I think in terms of also short-term injuries, what I've read so far, A.J. Green seems to be fine. I guess he had a groin or hip injury. Uh, he landed on it funny and said that he he felt as if two bones clicked. So that's probably usually pretty good. Um, but I don't think any initial reports showed like serious injuries. So um, I would expect him to probably only sit out a week. But unless you guys know differently, let me know. Nope. No. no. Um, the last thing is, um, as everyone knows, also this is sort of our bad uh, for not including it in the week three winners. Um, but we'll wrap it up right here. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, if you will, goes down with a concussion. Um, in comes Baker fucking Mayfield, big dick Baker, and the Browns finally get it done. Uh, their first win in God knows how many days, 600-something days. Yep. Um, Baker Mayfield is the savior, first overall draft pick, comes in, looks like an absolute champ, and uh, the Browns, you know, finally take care of business versus the Jets. Uh, it was it was Mayfield versus Darnold. Darnold sort of floundered for the first time this season, and uh, everyone in Cleveland got free beer. What wild time. His on his on. <laughs> everyone wins. Everyone in Cleveland was yeah. A his on the field performance. Uh, was I thought fantastic, and I was watching interviews of him afterwards with Jarvis Landry, just chatting it up, and 
he was just like a super well-spoken level-headed dude from having like a reputation coming in as like the bad boy culture uh you know from grabbing his dick and stuff on the sidelines to mouthing off uh it seems that he's kind of like taken sort of like a lead position uh in the locker room for the browns if that's even possible as as a (laughs) a rookie but uh screw it i'm happy let's give beer to cleveland as much as possible yeah congrats congrats to all you browns fans out there um <laughs> fine finally i guess you can sleep pretty well this week yeah yeah until next week do, do they get beers after every win nah, now i'm not 100 percent sure i think that's gonna dry up pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> i mean i might go catch a game if that's yeah. the case i don't know <laughs> yeah odds are they might not win and you're stuck in cleveland with no beer let's do a live podcast from cleveland <laughs> yeah well, and, uh, next on the I'm mic, good. Tommy Lasagna will have you kick us off with this week's segment of Beating the Bookie. Okay. BTB. All right, well, I have three three picks I really like, and then I got one that I'm leaning on. And so I'll start with that. I'm leaning Tampa Bay plus three this week at Chicago. Uh, and the the... The Bucks have actually said they know who's going to start, but they haven't announced it yet. And so I'm fucking betting on that being Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think Fitzpatrick can move the ball against this Bears defense, uh, which is a, a good defense, don't get me wrong, especially since the addition of Khalil Mack. Mack has been a monster. But I think with Fitzpatrick out there and the way he's carved up all these other teams, uh, they, they have enough weapons to get the job done against a Mitchell Trubisky offense that doesn't really score a lot of points. So I like Tampa Bay plus three this week. Uh, If Jameis isn't playing, I'd stay away from that. Uh, My first lock is going to be Philly at minus three and a half. They're playing at Tennessee. Sorry, Brent, but Mariota is still not 100%. And Mike Vrabel, the head coach, came out and was like, yeah, he's limited to, you know, how far he can throw. And, the you know, basically – they're all their entire offense is going to be limited, and the the Eagles are getting Alshon Jeffrey back this week, so I, I expect Carson Wentz to you know sling the rock and kind of just overpower this Tennessee team. Um, and then lastly, uh, I got a couple here. I think I'm going to take over 47 and a half in the Indy Houston game. Uh, Andrew Luck is starting to look back to normal. And the the Colts have, you know, moved the ball well, and they've they've played a couple tough defenses, but he's getting there. Um, and same can be said about Deshaun Watson; he's improved week to week. Um, and specifically last week, he looked to be more throw first rather than you know in week one against New England. There was a lot of scrambling, a lot of indecision. He's getting more comfortable. Neither defense has really impressed me, and I don't think their defense is going to pick up this week. So I'm taking the over in the Indy and Yo, Houston. Game. Uh, quick question: Houston is 0 and 3 right now, if I'm not mistaken. What happens if they go down? Uh, yes, they are 0 and 3. What happens if Andrew Luck beats them? They're down to 0 and 4. Is Bill O'Brien officially on the hot seat? Does Bill O'Brien survive this season if they have a losing season? I think he's already in the hot seat. Question. I think he's already in the hot seat. If I think if they lose this week to the Colts, who aren't really a very good team. Um, you got to imagine that, you know, that seat gets a lot hotter. Like, as in, if they lose this week and the following week, I don't know if they play the following week, then, you know, it's he's probably going to get fired midseason at that rate. 
that's not even like a hot take or anything like that, man. That's just that's there's way too much t- there's way too much talent on the team for them to be zero and three right now. No doubt about it. Uh, pretty much must win time mm-hmm. for uh, the Houston Texans. In terms of shitty defense, why? Uh... Or not, I shouldn't say why, but what's the deal with J.J. Watt? I haven't seen J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt and the Badgers. Why is he... J.J. Uh... Watt's fine. It's just they have no secondary. They okay. they have very little secondary help in Houston. Very nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry or Brent, you want to talk to us about your picks for the week? Uh, yeah, uh, I've got two picks this week. Um, since we've started doing these uh, Beat the Bookie segments, I am undefeated. Um, no big deal. Uh, and so for this week, my first game, I- I've been riding Kansas City all season long. They're 3-0. They're 3-0 against the spread. I'm going to look for that to continue against the Denver Broncos. This game is in Denver. Um, however, until someone can like prove or-, or until someone can figure out how to stop this offense, I just don't see teams, especially a team like Denver, keeping up with the pace of, of-, of scoring. Um, you know, Denver better defense than Kansas City has seen this season so far, but I, I don't think you know Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to be really enough to stop uh, you know Pat Mahomes. He's he's mobile quarterback. He showed that last week, and he he can throw on the run probably better than he can from in the pocket. Um, so I'm going to go Kansas City four and a half, lock that one in, and then my second pick of this week is going to be an over pick of over fifty in the New York Giants New Orleans Saints game. Um, outside of the one game that New Orleans played against uh, Tampa Bay, I believe uh, their offense looks pretty stout. Um, you know, and it looks to be getting better. They put up 43 points last week against uh, Atlanta, and the Giants' defense isn't that solid. The Giants' offense is starting to come around a little bit. It seems they bench Eric Flowers, thank the fucking Lord, and uh, put in some guy Wheeler got long hair. I don't know random guy anyways the point is is that he looked better than flowers on that right tackle spot so i like i think there's gonna be a lot of points uh being scored in that one over 50 lock it in is pat mahomes not just like one of the most electric cool dudes right now in the nfl yeah he's on fire yeah yeah and it's been i love him he's got this like raspy voice to him too he just sounds like a just like a gritty football (laughs) he's a football guy Speaking of uh, football it. guys, um, there's a quarterback down in Alabama by the name of Tua Taga, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he is fucking electric. Um, the Alabama Crimson Tide looks unstoppable. Harry, have you been watching any college football? I've been watching a lot of college football. I've not watched Bama play because they haven't really played anyone worth watching yet. However, dude, um, also, for these Bethel Bookie things, we should definitely start to include some college football picks because there's plenty of them out there uh, to be had. So, but yeah, I dude. Yeah, p- let's get on that next one. Yeah, so you know, kind of segmenting into college football with that, right? Um, Alabama is is far and away the best team in, in college football. It's not even close, right? It's not even close. Every other conference pretty much looks like dog shit at the moment. Uh, I have to say, um, outside of Clemson. Uh, the ACC is worthless. Um, <laughs> hey, don't disrespect my Canes, Georgia, right? The entire, yeah, outside of Georgia, the entire SEC East is worthless. Uh, I know Kentucky is ranked right now at like 17 after a big win over Mississippi State, plus at Florida. Uh, but just looking at their schedule, there's no way, you know, they're 
at max they can only win eight games you know so they they might struggle to be ranked uh, outside of that it's all about the west uh you got bama you got lsu who's looking pretty good uh mississippi state is all right and auburn is okay uh, but it, it, Alabama is far and away a, better than everyone else, including, you know, Ohio State, who has something maybe for, for most teams in the country. Urban Meyer is back on the field. The one thing we have to talk about, though, is um, the biggest fucking joke program of the weekend. If you are a Virginia Tech Hokie fan, hang yourself. <laughs> um, going first of all. If you have any shred of respect or history or tradition whatsoever, gobble, gobble. who in the fuck goes to play at ODU? Uh, that's just the most confusing thing in the entire world. No no big-name program in the world goes to play at some rinky-dink little institution like that. If you want to you know, get paid or pay someone you know, a million dollars to play you, make them come play you at your field. Anyways, Tech goes there and gives up a billion points. They give up 495 yards passing to Old Dominion's second string quarterback who's like 510 um they could not stop could not stop a nosebleed and they lose so they take the absolute doink of the weekend um and then obviously if anybody watched the tennessee florida game on primetime tennessee is consistently the biggest joke in the nation but (laughs) tech definitely takes the cake this weekend tech tech with the little doink award oh big big, actually big doink award (laughs) uh all right well uh, keep it short and brief, uh, short and sweet, I should say, with college football. We'll move straight into the ML Fat Boy, um, have Tom talk to us a little bit about the 2018 MLB Awards. Yeah, so the NL Central still has to figure itself out. Uh, all the AL teams are in. The wild card's going to come down to a game at New York or Oakland. That still has to play out. But I figured we'd go ahead and just start with our awards. And uh, the rookie, or the, excuse me, the manager of the year, like, I don't really give a fuck about that. Uh, but I guess we'll start with the Cy Young Awards. And in the AL, uh, it has to be Blake Snell. Uh, this kid out of Tampa Bay has just been dominant all season. And I know people don't put a lot of stock into the wins and losses anymore. But he leads baseball with 21 wins. So, like, there's something to be said for that especially when he's in a division with the two best teams in baseball in the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, Snell has a best 1-9 ERA. Uh, that's second best in baseball. Uh, he's American League best. And his uh, whip is only second to Justin Verlander. But what's more impressive is just the way that he's anchored this Tampa Bay Rays team. They have 87 wins in a division where the Red Sox have 106 and the Yankees have like 96, 97. And if if the Rays were in any other division in baseball, they would be competing for a banner. So I think Blake's going to take it from the AL. Uh, And in the NL, I'm going Jacob DeGrom. As I just mentioned, this guy dominates lowest ERA in baseball, 177. That's unprecedented considering his record is like 9-9. and And the Mets are just a fucking god-awful team. Like, I just feel bad for Jacob DeGrom. And the fact that he goes out and competes the way he does for a shithole team like the New York (laughs) Mets just, like, speaks to this guy's, like, like, they're horrible. They're horrible. I would hate to play there. I don't know how he, like, gets out there and just grinds for them, but he does it. Um, And a lot of people are going to argue Max Scherzer, and Scherzer, deservedly so, has the stats to prove it. 
uh, but they're pretty close in all stats except for ERA. And and when it comes down to it, as a pitcher, you're looking at you know you go out there. How many runs do you give up? It doesn't matter how you do it. You just need to get outs, and that's what Degrom has done all year, better than everyone else. Um, I guess moving on to the MVP awards, I am gonna take JD Martinez. I would bet, you know, I would bet the house that the AL MVP comes out of Boston. And a lot of people are leaning Mookie because of his WAR rating. Wins above replacement is the highest in baseball. But JD Martinez has sort of sparked this offense. Uh, if you go back and look at last year, we were like one of the worst. And the only missing piece from last year was JD Martinez. And he's only second in average uh, to Mookie, uh, and second in home runs behind Chris Davis in Oakland. But he leads all of baseball with RBIs. And just like the stuff off the field that Martinez does in the locker room and especially the presence he brings to all these young players in Boston, I really think has been like the glue of this team. And at least for me, I'm accounting into that, and that's why he's my AL MVP. Um, And then NL MVP, we're going to give that to Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. You guys might have heard Baker Mayfield endorse him the other night after their game. Uh, he's walking around with a Christian Yelich jersey on. I don't really know how they're friends or why they know each other, but they're boys. And so uh, that's why Christian Yelich has my vote. <laughs> but uh, inside of, aside from Baker Mayfield's endorsement, he's really had a hell of a year. He leads the National League in average slugging and OPS to go along with 32 homers and just shy of 100 RBIs. Uh, and he's really boosted this Brewers team into contention for the NL Central. Like, this division is going to come down to the last game of the season, and a large part of that is put on Christian Yellett's shoulders. So, for that reason, I'm going with him. Uh, and then I guess, Grimes, I guess you want to uh, take us off with the American League Rookie of yeah, the Year? Yeah, I'll cover this one real quick. Um, so, our pick for the AL Rookie of the Year is going to have to go to Miguel Anduar. I hope I'm pronouncing that okay. Um you know, New York Yankees third baseman, uh, he kind of came in when the Yankees were having some injury problems uh, to Chris Drury and, or I think that's right, and uh, Neil Walker. And he came in and played unbelievable. Um, you know, offensive power was, was there from the get-go, put up 25 home runs, 851 on base percentage. Um, and, yeah, and, and he just, you know, he, he was kind of far and away, the you know, the best rookie I thought in the AL He's got to steal some votes from um, Shohei Otani uh, because he obviously has the, the dual threat capabilities and, and looked good on you know in both uh, roles. But I think uh, Anduar did enough to, to, to snag that rookie of the year. Harry, do you think that the Yankees are going to be able to keep it together uh, until the end of the season? I don't know, man. They're... They've been, they've been fucking limping, like hardcore limping, like shot in the leg limping. Uh, into in these last few weeks uh, leading up to the wild card game, so I don't know. Uh, they they clinched that wild card spot, which is no surprise. But I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little scared going into that game. Be an uphill battle for sure. You do not want it to be. An no, and it won't be right. I, I think that's that's done with. Uh, I'm not sure. I I think it's still like two hmm. games. I'm not sure if it's decided yet. I fucking hope it's in Oakland. 
I hope it's in Oakland and the Yankees win, and then they come to Fenway and get their sorry asses <laughs> beaten in three games. Yeah, we'll see, Tom. Yeah, National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, I got to be leaning towards my guy down in Atlanta, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, just 20 years old, uh, absolute beast this season uh, in the you know a year where the Braves were picked, I believe uh, – Actually, I think they were picked last. I was about to say third. Picked last in the division. They come out of nowhere. They win more than 90 games this season. Uh, and they after back-to-back-to-back to back to back, uh, 90 loss seasons. And thanks in large part to a lot of the young players, but especially Acuna. Uh, he's got a 9-2-6 OPS, 26 jacks, 15 steals. Um, and since July 30th, so pretty much the last half of the season, he's had an OPS over 1, so 105-8. And uh, he's pretty baller on defense as well so not just at the plate um 20 years old gotta love what the braves have um it's been talked about for a couple years now that their farm system is awesome but acuna just pretty much proves that so i'm taking him for uh national league rookie of the year very nice well make sure that you all tune in next week for episode 27 we will be giving you all the MLB postseason breakdown uh, featuring our wild card and divisional round picks. So make sure you tune in. Don't want to miss that as well as some other good stuff. So as we kind of come to a close, we'll just roll straight into the banner segment. Nothing too fancy here. Just a couple of uh, quick tidbits that we wanted to touch upon that are mainly sports related. Um, the first being on September 20th, last Thursday, Conor McGregor um, sat down for his press conference. Uh, and so to kind of give you a quick recap of what happened, um, McGregor just went absolutely off. Uh, typical of him, uh, it is something that he is keen on doing. But this time he was going geopolitical uh, and talking about the history of Chechnya and Dagestan uh, calling Khabib a terrorist and a traitor, uh, went after his trainer, uh, who apparently owes money, uh, child support money, who you know he hasn't paid for, um, and basically has just gone after the fact that he was at one point an informant uh, for the Egyptian government, I believe, an FBI informant to aid them in investigations into the Muslims of America organizations. So he kind of went like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. said it best. You never go full retard. He went full retard. I mean, this guy just went absolutely off. Uh, and he went after not only just like his physique uh, and and his characteristics, but he went after like his background, his heritage, his lineage. I mean, it just went on for forever. So I don't know if you guys caught it. I thought it was pretty funny. He put on quite a performance, even though there was not a single fan in the in the audience. Yeah. Uh, he was like pouring shots of whiskey and trying to promote his brand. I, I mean, it's great. It's Conor McGregor to a T. But I uh, wanted to kind of hear what you guys thought in terms of like, is this actually going to sell tickets? Was this just kind of ridiculous? Yeah. No, this seeing? is. It, it seemed a little. It almost seemed staged, right? Like just the way that Conor was acting. I, I've watched a lot of his press conference. I actually watched this one twice because. I watched it at work, and the second time I just wanted to watch it, uh, you know, without any distractions and just to see, like, really what was going on. I mean, the guy must have been drunk to some extent. He obviously took a few shots of his whiskey on stage. Um, I imagine that he probably had a few of the, a few shots, you know, before getting on stage. And I mean, if you told me the guy was on cocaine, I would I would believe you 100%. He was like, 
he was like <laughs> really like I'm, I don't think I've ever really seen him like on one like that where he was yeah. standing up like threatening to like pretty much come over and like fight Khabib right then and there on the stage um I mean this fight is going to be the biggest fight to date in UFC history don't you know there's no two questions about that it's not going to touch it's going to be like I think they're trending it in the 2.5 million pay-per-view buys uh in that area to put that perspective McGregor and Mayweather uh that boxing match was around 4 million pay-per-view paper pay-per-view uh, buys excuse me um and so it gives you an idea of kind of the scale uh UFC and uh, because it was a crossover fight but um it was it was wild man Khabib was very poised and didn't seem to really be too affected by it Dana White mentioned afterwards that like Khabib was like about to boil over because because of some of the stuff that that Connor was saying but I'm ready for this fight man it happened it's a week from sa- this Saturday so I'll, I'll definitely be watching so here's, it here's my thing big big McGregor fan just like the rest of us uh guy hasn't fought since UFC 205 uh that was back in 2016, mm-hmm. so it's been a while since he stepped into the ring. Uh, Khabib, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure it was quoted saying that he hopes to kill somebody in the ring. Is that correct? Yeah, something like something like that. I, I think I think the the Russian roughly translated <laughs> to that. Regardless, it, the guy is horrifying, uh, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts and like early predictions on, you know having not fought since 2016 what he's gonna do that's that's my issue with all this all that shit he said about Khabib's heritage and his family I'm concerned like that Khabib catches Connor sleeping and he'll he's gonna just choke him out and like actually break his neck like the ref's gonna stop him and he's just not gonna let go and like if that guy has you in a rear naked choke like there's no breaking that that shit is padlocked in and I'm like actually concerned for McGregor that like he ran his mouth a little too far, and he, he crossed the wrong fucking guy in the ring, and he might just get caught and choked out and like maybe actually killed via rear if naked choke. Hon- His favorite sex position is the rear naked choke. <laughs> if there's honestly anything that's more offensive than being called a snitch, it's to be called a terrorist snitch, and that is what he called Khabib's manager. <laughs> I mean. He he went all out. Like Harrison said, it's not it's something that we've seen from him in the past. Obviously, his shenanigans have been well known. Uh, and, you know, I saw something that was great on the internet. It was like, if you guys were seeking humility uh, and repentance for his bus attack, fuck off. Because he's not bringing it to the table. Um, I thought that's great. And it just kind of literally defines Conor McGregor as a person. <laughs> Um, but with that being said, on a little bit more darker note, um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Everson Griffin, who has seemingly now become the poster child for CTE, uh, has been barred from the Minnesota Vikings to undergo mental health uh, and a mental health evaluation after threatening to shoot up a hotel or shooting somebody in a hotel. Um, and then jumping out of an an ambulance, a moving ambulance, I presume. Um, so wanted to kind of hear what you guys think about with all of these uh, big kind of names in the NFL complaining about the new rules and, and all of these uh, calls being bullshit, you know, and obviously their primary focus being on protecting individuals from CTE, what your thoughts are on all of it 
Well, I mean, who who knows at this point? I was reading a little bit about it today. Um, yeah, he's he's been doing some crazy shit. There's no doubt about that. There was like another story where he like uh, was apparently trying to break into a teammate's home. Uh, the next day, the teammate you know released a statement saying that wasn't the case. That he's welcome at his home. You know, best of luck with anything he's dealing with. Blah blah blah. But the story was out there nonetheless, as well as this hotel thing where he was threatening to shoot someone who wouldn't give him his room key or something. Um, and who knows if it's CTE, I have no idea. This guy's an active player. Um, you know, most of the time people say that stuff develops later, but I, I have no idea about the medicine. It's, it's insane. Uh, hopefully he gets, you know, the help he needs and it's not like he's kicked from the, kicked off the team yet. I assume as long as everything checks out, like at this mental health evaluation or whatever, that he's going to come back. It's just crazy that seemingly the Vikings organization, like you highlighted, swept a lot of this under the rug. I don't, I don't know whether it was malicious or they just were seeing, you know, simply just kind of like not trying to deal with a PR stunt. But there's been, you know, two or three events now that have occurred uh, where they've kind of right. been like, no, nah, you know, it was totally cool. You know, he didn't threaten anybody. He didn't break in. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Yeah, I so. think I think his wife had contacted someone from the organization a couple of weeks ago, mentioning that. She thought he'd been acting funny or differently. Um, and so, I mean, it's just one of, like, yeah, you can say, like, okay, this it's probably CT, but you never know, man. You never know, like, what's going on in that brain. Like, what what kind of shit is, is short-circuiting and, and making him kind of go a little haywire. So it's one of those things that just, it's a wait and see. You know, hopefully he gets back out on the field. He's, he's a monster on the field, uh, one of the best defensive ends in the league, uh, you know, without question. So it, it's, it's very much just that wait and see kind of thing. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, he's got a speedy recovery. Uh, get well. That's all I got to say. Well, boys, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here with a buzzer beater from each and every one of us. Thomas, we'll let you kick us off. Yeah, you already know. Boston Red Sox, 106 wins and counting. That is the best season in franchise history. Best regular season. All the best seasons and in championships. And that's what we're going to start doing October 2nd. Let's go, Red Sox. Wow, Trump is so good that he even has the Red Sox uh, firing on all cylinders. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just the economy, folks. (laughs) Harrison, why don't you take us away? Yeah, I wanted to uh, do a shout-out for Justin Rose. Everyone's talking about Tiger Woods. Justin Rose took home the FedEx Cup uh, $10 million prize this week. Uh, The cool thing was, I mean, the guy's like a class act, super nice guy. No one has a bad thing to say about him. Um, I thought the cool thing was when he's walking off the 18th green after he had locked up the FedEx Cup, he knew exactly what he needed to do, needed to, do to, uh, to win it, and he, all he had to do was par 18, and he was good. Um, and as he's walking off the green, he turns back to the camera, and he, and he just goes, sorry, guys, I know who you're rooting for, and, and, just, and then just walks back to his family. And I was like, I was a little sour at first about him winning because everyone wanted a Tiger to, to come to have this crazy come-from-behind win to take home the prize, but... Uh, yeah, man, he did it. He, he stuck it out. He had a good season, you know, from, from start to finish, super consistent. So, quick shout-out to him. He's rich as fuck now. <laughs> Brett. Hey, uh, yeah, let's hit it with uh, Check the Rhyme. Uh, tribe called Quest. Uh, yesterday marked the 27th anniversary of the low-end theory, so we'll hit you with the old-school uh, hip-hop. See you, boys. On the ball.
all of our alindic. We used to kick routines and the presence was fitting. It was I, the abstract. And me, the five-footer. I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon. Your own point, Fife. All the time, tip. Your own point, Fife. All the time, tip. Your own point, Fife. All the time, tip. So then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer because you see I last long. My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, that's where you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it along. You'll be a fool to reply the fight is not the man. Because you know and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see. And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs. Because I love it when you whack MCs despise me. They get vexed, I will next, can not contest me. I'm just a fight MC who's five for three and very brave. On top remaining, no home training, because I misbehave. I come correct in full effect of all my holes in check. And before I get the butt, the gym must be a wreck. You see, my aura is positive, I don't promote no junk. See, I'm far from a bully and I ain't a punk. Extremity of rhythm, yeah, that's what you heard. So just clean out your ears and just check the word. Check the vibe, So rumping that the brothers rolled the zap. Hey yo, Tip, do you recall when we used to rock What? those fly routines on your cousin's block? Um, let me see. Damn, I can't remember. I received the message and you will play the same. You're on point, Tip. All the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. Yeah, all the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. You're all the time, Fife. So play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life. Okay, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock with speed. I'm agile, plus I'm worth your while. 100% intelligent black child. My opera presentation sizzles the retina. How far must you go to gain respect? Um, well, it's kind of simple. Just remain your own or you'll be crazy, sad, and alone. Industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. So kids, watch your back, cause I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look at how they act. But off the better things like a hip hop forum. Pass me the rock and I'll score them with the corn and proper. What you say, hammer? Proper. Rap is not pop. If you call it that, then stop. 